Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Exodus chapter 6 and uh, verse 9, and we're going to go through the remainder part of the chapter, all right? Now, there's going to be a portion of verses, just for the sake of time, there's a portion of verses that are the genealogy of Moses and, of course, even Aaron. And we're not going to read all of those. Uh, you can go back and read those. But for the sake of time, we'll summarize and read. There's a point in the message of why, that was, why that's there. But we're not going to read that big portion, uh, verse 14, um, through verses um, 25. So we'll read verses 9 through verse 13. And then we're going to pick up verse 26 and read through verse 30. All right? Sound like a plan? That's what we're going to do, all right? So Exodus chapter 6 and uh, verse 9, verse 9. God's Word says this, And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses, for or because of, and, or excuse me, because of anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? And, and the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Now let's pick up in verse 26. These are, speaking of, backing up to verse 14, this genealogy, these are Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. These are they which spake to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are that Moses and Aaron. And it came to pass on the day when the Lord spake unto Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I am the Lord. Speak thou unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say unto thee. In our last verse, verse 30, and Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to once again present your word. Uh, Father, I, I, I'm in desperate need uh, of your help uh, tonight. Um, we want, Father, the purpose of reading your word is to understand what truly is being said in history here, but also to understand how it can be 
applicable to our own lives. Help us to see the application. Help me, Father, to pull out the application for us this evening. Uh, Father, we need the truths of your word. Uh, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We need the steps before us to be illuminated that we may honor and glorify you. So, Father, help us tonight to do that very thing. Lord, I need your help. Help us to rightly divide your word. If there's someone here that you are leading and compelling and drawing to make a decision, whether it be the decision of repentance and faith in Christ, or whether it is one of your children, maybe there's repentance in their life. Maybe there needs to be a, a renewal in trusting you or a, or a renewal of being in touch and believing what their real purpose is in this life. Father, I pray tonight that you would help them to rekindle that fire of service because, Lord, we need laborers in your harvest. So, Father, be with us tonight. Let your spirit move. I pray you have liberty. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now, you would think, as you go back to chapter 6, we find God renews his covenant with Moses. And God spent time encouraging Moses in verses 1 through verse 8. And it was a cram-packed uh, 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 eight verses that we were just able, it's almost like skipping a rock across the river. We could just, had a few moments to touch on each one. But what encouraging words God had to Moses. He gave he told them things in which God said about the people. He, he said, I will be their God. I, uh, they will be my people. In other words, saying that God has set his grace on them, is choosing them to himself. And what a blessing it is for God to place his grace on somebody. Amen? If you're here tonight and saved, you should say amen to that. And God's grace accomplishes what it set out to do. And that's what we find in chapter 6. These chosen people in chapter 6. God said, I will be your God and you will be my people. And in all of that we find people making their way in choosing the Lord. But they made mistakes. They struggled at times. But we find them many moments um, coming to God, choosing God and following him. But I'll tell you, you would think after verses 1 through verse 8, and Moses, Moses did exactly what God told him to do. He brought that to them. And you would think, the God of heaven, coming to me, so if, if I was an Israelite here in Exodus, the creator, the, the sovereign of heaven, wanting me as part of this nation of Israel, like I'd be elated and excited and joyful. But that's, that's not how they received it. What you're finding here in the message tonight is, is, a, is a possible task. Not an impossible, but possible task that Moses had. Now, I think Moses was excited probably. He may even had some doubts about the people, but he even doubts about himself. We're going to see that reoccurrence of doubt on himself through the rest of this chapter. But you'll find that I think I would have went excited to tell the people about this. And would hope and pray they would receive it well. But you'll find they did not. They did not hearken unto Moses. They did not listen to Moses. They did not receive him well. They were full of anguish. As you'll find we read there earlier. Anguish of spirit and out of, they, they faced cruel bondage. 
So Moses is at a discouraging low in his ministry. Anybody tonight ever been discouraged in the Christian life? I think we could all say amen to that. And I could leave, you know, I mean, I've been discouraged. If you're in ministry at all, in my capacity, or just being a soul winner, an evangelist, and a Christian parent, Christian grandparent, Sunday school teacher, folks, I'm telling you, you're going to get discouraged from time to time. It happens to, the, to, to all of us. Moses was there. And he done everything God instructed him to. But you're going to find here that Moses, as many of us do sometimes, we allow our emotions to, to, to be the lens in which we see, you know, either God's going to, you know, there's going to be success. All right? Uh, we'll see, we'll look through the lens of people you know, being excited about the Lord as there's going to be success, that, you know, I'm going to be successful in this in the ministry. Folks, you don't always see that in ministry. What do you do when you reach those moments? What do you do when, you know, there's times where you're trying to reach the lost, but the lost won't submit to the Lord, won't, won't repent and believe? What happens when you're trying to, to disciple a believer, but they find, you find them just sort of drifting off and, and not wanting to really be faithful to the Lord Sometimes you'll think that all of my effort, this is an impossible task to continue investing in this Christian because they don't seem excited, continue witnessing to this neighbor because they just seem like they, they're just never going to come to Christ. There are discouraging things along through the ministry that can change your perspective of your identity. Christians will sometimes misplace their identity in circumstances or, or, or success. Or uh, just things, you know, happening. They will think their identity is in those things. Moses was that way. All right? And we're going to break that down. All right? Just, just a few things that I want us to see tonight. And I want, I want us to walk away with this truth. That we believe that God leads us to a task. We are to reach souls for the gospel. We are to disciple children. We are to be a light to brothers and sisters in Christ. We... We should do those things, and all of those things are possible tasks in the Lord. And they should never be defined as a people by whether this person accepts Christ or not. Whether this person is choosing to grow in Christ as a believer, or, or if this person stops riding the bus, should I keep driving the bus? I mean, our identity is in Christ. Amen? In Christ as our Savior, and in, in his calling on our life as our Lord. So our identity is in the Lord, but there's times, here in Moses, we're going to see that we may think it's, we're just wasting our time. But the task is possible in God, if, when God is in it. So, what are some things that we can see that would help us tonight to continue going forward? To encourage us to believe that the task is possible and to be faithful. So number one, in verses 9 through verse 13, we see that we must rest in obedience. Our rest, our encouragement, our joy, in the fact that I'm obedient to God. All right? And I really think, I really think there's a couple of applications here for us. So you look back at verse 9. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, But they hearkened not unto Moses for an anguish of spirit and for cruel Bondage. Now, again, Moses 
has been rejected at every corner. He went to the children of Israel with a great, great news of this covenant relationship. Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God. They rejected him. He went to Pharaoh. What did Pharaoh do? Rejected him. I mean, Moses was under a lot of rejection. And rejection can lead to depression, discouragement, and woe is me, and, and, and eventually quitting. And so Moses was feeling that very hardly. Okay? And so... Sometimes, Moses, as we can, if we're not careful, we can be discouraged and we can start living in doubt whether this is even worth the effort anymore. But Moses, you're going to find God continues to encourage him. But notice this, one application is this, that we must rest in obedience to God and the fact that we continue moving forward is because notice the people. Notice the people. They resisted Moses because there was anguish. In their spirit, and they face cruel bondage. And I know sometimes that when you're trying to be obedient to God and you're trying to continue praying for that lost person or praying for that, that, uh, that lost family member, or you try to keep witnessing to that co worker, or you try to keep investing your life into that Christian's life, like Paul did to Timothy, but there seemed never is to be fruit from, from those moments. I want you to understand, especially those that are lost, folks, understand that we cannot, we cannot base whether we continue or not, whether there's results. We must rest our obedience, rest our effort in the fact that God says just be obedient. Why? Because there's people just like the children of Israel that has an anguish of spirit and they feel in bondage. Anybody, before you got saved, did you feel like you were in bondage? You feel like you had anguish of spirit. You feel like you were sort of in shackles as a lost person. Maybe you were just under the pressures of something. Maybe something you were in in your, in your previous life. They just kept taking you down and down. You begin to think, there's no way out of this. There's no way to receive freedom from this. And I'm telling you, there are some people out there that are lost. They don't know Christ. And maybe tonight that they, they think there's no hope for me. There's no hope out of addiction. There's no hope out of in this battered home. There's no hope out of this abuse. Uh, uh, um, um, maybe just my identity is just being in, in uh, receiving abuse in my marriage. Maybe my identity is just in drugs and alcoholism and, and other things. But there's people out there that are hurting and need Christ. Amen. There are people out there that are in bondage. If they have not trusted Christ, they're in bondage. They feel that. And, and Christians do not need to hinge whether they continue in the task that God's given them based on results. We need to keep in our hearts and minds that people may, be resp they may respond with rejection, but it's because they're hurting. And all they've done is known hurt all their life. And so they maybe they shoot from and say, no, that ain't going to work for me. I'm just going to push you away and push you away and push you away. I'll just keep trying to fix my life on my own. But God's people need to understand we must continue at the task of evangelism because there are people that are in anguish and they're in bondage. They need the Lord. You see, sometimes what happened with, with Moses is that he allowed this response from the people to discourage him. But folks, we must look past 
the discouragement and continue to see the need of the people. See the need, not the discouragement. The devil, the one thing the devil wants you to see is something, a way to uh, discourage you. The, a, a different lens in the way God would have you to see it. And, that th- and that's why I think it's so important that God's people stay in God's word and in prayer. Because folks, my heart can get heart towards somebody. They keep rejecting and rejecting and rejecting. I just think there's no fruit in this thing. I'm just going to quit. I'm going to give up. But I have to go back and remember people didn't give up on me. Do you remember, remember a dear Christian or brother or pastor that never gave up on you? Amen. And I'm sure your rejection of them or words you had to say to them may have hurt their feelings and could have discouraged them, but they kept coming to you. That's what we need. Amen. Moses got discouraged and Moses was in doubt. The same people that may give rejection to you still need a deliverer. And that's what God wanted Moses to understand. But not only that, may I just say this tonight. Um, I think also an application. Many of God's servants can get discouraged from God's people. From saved people. They can very much do that. Um, it's not just a loss that may reject your invitation to the gospel. But it's saved people. That uh, seem to reject your investment. There may be Christians that give sharp words. Or, uh, or uh, just not care about their attitude when they approach you. All they care about is themselves. And they can hurt and discourage you from continuing your life as a believer. Let me ask you this. Just be honest. You don't have to say it out loud, but think about it. When you've walked into church before. And you come to a brother and sister and they just said. One word or, or a phrase, they didn't care how they said it or what they said, they just said it to you and it just, it just brought you down. Anybody, you don't have to answer this, but have you ever experienced that? A brother and sister in Christ. Folks, it happens. It happens. We should not be the people of which that discourages God's people. Amen? When God's people come together, we are to edify and encourage one another. I'm not saying a bunch of people in Clear Springs has come to me and say, man, just the folks are so discouraging here. I'm not saying that. But it's easy to get in the flesh, and it's easy to not care about your influence and impact on other Christians. All right? It's easy to bring discouragement. It's easy to do that. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Notice this verse on the screen behind me. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So let me just say this. As you are trying to be a light and a leader and a help and an encourager, whether you're reaching a lost person or whether you're trying to invest into a child of God, here's what's going to happen. At some point or another, there may be something about that venture that may discourage you. Understand that the sinner still needs a Savior and the saint or the child of God still needs to grow in the Lord. And who's going to help them grow? God's people. And so if all we think is that we just, we're just going to ball up discouragement, then, we, then, then, then the lost people are going to continue going forward and being lost as sinners. And then the saints, people, the, saints the children of God will keep going forward without a Paul in their life, or a Barnabas in their life. 
We need people that will continue in the possible task of being an evangelist. And I think being also a spiritual leader to each other. You're going to find that evil must still be opposed. Sinners won and saints encouraged no matter what. So I'll, just think, I'll give you this uh, challenge. The fact there will be discouragement down the road at times. Stay humble. Stay pliable. Stay in God's word. Stay on your knees. and Stay in church. Amen. Stay around God's people. That's what we need. And uh, so a possible task, we must rest in obedience in God. Keep going, keeping that perspective. And that leads to number two. I want you to see this. We must renew our perspective. We must renew our perspective. Not just rest in obedience. I may not see results, but I've been obedient to God. And I know God will use what I'm sending forth because He promises that when we send His word forth. But we also need a renewal of, of perspective. Perspective of what? Our identity. That God didn't mess up when He called me. That God didn't make a wrong choice when He led my heart to teach or to witness to this person or to do whatever He's led you to do. Now, where, where are we getting that thought? And I'm not going to go through and read all these names because I'll just be honest, I don't think I could read all the names. <laughs> I haven't read through all of them enough. You know, there's some that gets me stumped, Brother Robert. Robert's good at names, by the way. He's good at uh, uh, reading biblical names. But verses 14 through verse 25, you would think now that God just, just dumped a genealogy right here. He's like, what in the world was God thinking when he took the genealogy of Moses... And Aaron and just dumped it right here in, these, in this passage. Didn't make a lot of sense. You got, him, you got Moses and the Lord talking there. He gives Moses and Aaron a charge. He said, no matter what, you go to my people and then also go to the enemy. All right? You reach the people and you oppose evil. That's still the charge. But he switched gears and said, okay, here's your family tree. What in the world is it doing there? I think there's something very, a, a simple thought in this. God wasn't silly or just couldn't find a better place to drop this genealogy and just dumped it here. No, I don't think that. I don't believe that at all. I believe tonight that God knew exactly what he was doing for Moses and Aaron. Have you ever thought that I just, God just messed up in bringing me here to do this for him? I don't have what it takes. I can't do it. This is some God, you just need to call somebody else. I just don't think that I that I just don't think I can do it. Have you ever thought that? You ever just start to back away from that calling in your life? I think Christians do it every day. I think we're all guilty of that in some capacity. And I think God took time, I think, to teach Moses and Aaron a couple of different things. I think one, I think God was wanting Moses to understand that these people that you are reaching are just like you. They're of your stripe. They're of your kind of people, of this genealogy and where you come from. They're just like you. You know, I think sometimes when we're doing the work of a Christian... And we're trying to be a light. We're trying to reach Christians and encourage them forward or even reach the lost. You know, if you're reaching the 
Because there was a time just like them. And if you're trying to be a help and encouragement to the saved, but they're sort of stonewalling you, or they're trying to, they're not, they're not really taking in what you're saying. Um, they're just like you. Sometimes they don't want to do what God wants to do. Sometimes it's in, they seem it as inconvenient. I think God wants Moses and Aaron to understand that these people of your of your stripe, you know, you know, it's easy as a pastor. To preach and preach and preach and encourage, encourage, encourage. And then it's almost like someone flips up the garbage can and dumps it in it. And I'm not giving a woe is me speech here. I'm just saying sometimes it seems like that. All right? And so I could either take that and just do this number. Just throw in the towel, you know, wave the white flag. Or get bitter, right? Or get, get angry with them. Or I could see him as, you know, God's still working on them. God's still molding them. I have to go back and I have to think of my own self that God's still patient with me, right? God's very much patient with every one of you tonight. God's very much long-suffering with every one of you tonight. And God has a desire for his people to still grow in the Lord no matter if Moses was discouraged by these people or not, he wanted to understand that these people are like you. God did them to follow him. Not only that, I think, secondly, I think uh, Mo, he was wanting to remind Moses of his identity. Where he come from. Who he was. Have you ever, have you ever heard this um, saying or this thought, you know, God just, God bless the children that are born into this life. You know, I just hate to see, I just hate to see children born in such a hard world today. We need to repent from saying those things. Because if God allows a child to be born today, it's because, you know what, this world needs that child. I think for the, for the Lord, on the Lord's side. Amen? You see, God spent time in saying, Moses, here's this Jesus. Theology. Here's all these people in your lineage. And then here's your mom and dad. Uh, he, he mentions his mom and dad there in, in the latter part um, of that. Um, and, 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 and God is saying to Moses, Moses, all of these people, and then here you are at this time, this place, for this need, for this people. I didn't mess up when I called you to be a deliverer. I did not mess up to bring you to, about to be at time. It wasn't just by chance that you were 40 years uh, in, in, in the palace and then 40 years in Median and now you're now here to deliver them. I did not mess up. He wanted Moses to understand. You see, Moses' lineage, lineage, he belonged to the tribe of Levi. Okay? And his father and mother are Amram and Jochebed. And you look at the lineage, you'll find that Moses, his genealogy provides the necessary credentials for Moses to accomplish the work. Moses is where God can use him. And so let me just encourage you. God's allowed you today at the where you live, church you serve, for a reason. And so when God calls you in leadership or to serve, all right, God doesn't make mistakes. Amen. God doesn't make mistakes. 
God knows. He's reminding Moses, Moses, this is your identity. This is who you are. Moses is like, you know what? I don't even know why I'm here. Your people, won't, won't, they're, they're rejecting me. Pharaoh is rejecting me. I just, I just don't even know why I'm breathing. I don't even know why I'm here. We all may have been guilty of saying that sometimes. And I'm not rebuking you, but I want to encourage you that God's still allowing your heart to breathe, or to beat, and your lungs to take in air, and God's still on the throne. And if God is you to live in this life, continuing as his child in this life, being a Christian mother and a Christian father, being a Christian witness in the workplace, being a Christian witness in your neighborhood, understand this, that is the task that is possible to do in Christ. You have a purpose. Moses had a purpose. And, and we find God was reminding him of that very purpose. Now think about our identity. Let me give you a few verses and just a few thoughts here. I think, um, first of all, you're God's child. Amen. If you're saved, if you're born again, if you've put a trusting faith alone in Christ alone, you are God's child. That's what the Bible says. Repent and believe the gospel. All right? 1 John 3, 1 through 2. And I'm going to provide these verses for you just for the sake of time. Notice this verse. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. In verse 2. Beloved, now are we sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, there's times even the devil talking about our identity and our place and where we're at. If you've trusted Christ as Savior, the Bible says you're born again. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. This is Resurrection Sunday. When I'm in Christ, I'm in Christ for eternity. I'm born again. My identity is in Him. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the what? Sons of God. That is an identity that no one can change when your faith rests in Christ. Moses was God's child. That means Moses had the ability of God to do the work of God, to do the possible task that he made was not possible because circumstances that changed and the, and the rejection from the people he was trying to reach. He's God's child, so i got to remember that. i got to remember that. And secondly, you're called to, to a purpose, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Do you think God had a purpose for Moses at the very moment he called him to do the work? Was that the origination of God's purpose for Moses? No. God's eternal. Purposes are eternal. They don't show up. God's purpose for you doesn't just show up in 2021, by the way. God's purposes for you have, have been around a long time. And understand that we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works. Understand that I'm a child of God. And in that, I am, I am created in him for good works. 
God, or Moses was in God, his faith was in God, therefore he is also created for the good works he's called him to do. And then 1 Corinthians 15.10, I think if we are God's child and we have, we're called to a purpose, that means we're also equipped with grace. 1 Corinthians 15.10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in what? vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Notice this. Yet not I. Let's say the rest together. But the grace of God. It's amazing. We, we think about amazing grace, right? Amazing grace. It's amazing grace. It's a powerful grace because that Christ is, is, is an amazing, powerful Savior. But why is it? Why is it when we face a moment of discouragement, God's grace is now just not so amazing? Paul said, I was able to labor the way I labor because of what God's grace is. That it is in me. And that it is amazing. What all did Paul go through? Shipwrecked, left for dead, bitten by, I mean, bitten by a snake. I mean, all that he went through and the task was possible. The passion for souls can still be there. A love to do the work of God can remain. But folks, you've got to remember my identity. I'm a child of God. I'm called to a purpose. I'm equipped with grace. Continue. Task is possible. It's easy to lose passion sometimes. And I think about Hebrews 6, 6. Notice this. If they shall fall away to renew them again into repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. Folks, I'll tell you this right now. The best advice that I can give you to keep the passion, your passion be on fire for God, you love to be alive to the, to the work of God and loving souls, being faithful to the ministry is to keep your heart and mind centered on Christ crucified and risen. We didn't have a wimpy Savior die and rise again and equip His children. Save sinners and equip them. No, we had a powerful, sufficient Savior that saves souls and equips saints. Can I get a witness on that? Why are you even here tonight still? Being faithful to church. Being faithful to God. Why? It's not your strength. It's God's strength. It's the grace of God. Why? Because you're a child of God. You're called to a purpose. And equips you with the grace you need. Moses needed to understand where his identity was. What his credentials are. And that God didn't make a mistake with him. And so, God, you're going to find here. You look at the rest of these verses and we're done. Number three. And I'll change this on you, Brother Matthew. But uh, the point, last point, we must remove discouragement. We must remove discouragement is really this main last thought I, that I want to give you. So look a little bit further, and we're going to be done. Notice what he says. In verse 26 through verse 30, he said, of course, he reminds them, hey, this, this is genealogy of Aaron and Moses. All right, their, their, their credentials. And he says, and it came to pass on the day, in verse 30, uh, 28, when the Lord spake unto Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I am the Lord. Speak thou unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say unto thee. But verse 30 is sort of a sad verse. 
And Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. And how shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? How shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? Folks, I just want to encourage you tonight that we remove, as God's people, the discouragements from one another. That we not be locked in to the area of discouragement to God's people also trying to serve the Lord. Also trying to be faithful to the Lord. Also trying to win souls. Matthew Henry said this, If God's professing people hear not His messengers, how can it be thought that His, that, that his professed enemy should? Now you think about that. It's, it's easy to get discouraged, right? It's easy, you know, for pastors. I, and I've talked to pastors too. I've seen pastors sort of and give up the ministry. And I understand discouragement. I get it. Again, investing and investing and there, there, there seems to be no excitement about the Lord, no excitement about growing in grace, no excitement about evangelism from God's own people. That's discouragement. I've heard some of you say, you know, I just wish some in our church would be excited again for the Lord. And when they're not excited, and you see that they're not excited, and no matter what you say, they don't get excited, you know what happens? You get, or you can get, discouraged. I want to encourage you tonight, don't be, don't be part of the discouragement. I want to encourage, see, here, Jesus is always our best example, and I think ministers of Christ must remain in view, must keep Christ in view of themselves, because Jesus carried on for those who would receive him. Jesus carried on for those who continued to doubt him, and Jesus carried on for those even who got seldom excited about him and what he came to do. He continued to the cross when his own inner circle just left. I want to encourage you tonight that no matter the circumstance, no matter if the discouragement comes from the lost sinner or the saved believer, understand this, sinners still need a Savior and, and children of God still need to grow in grace. And God's method is still men. So can I encourage you tonight, don't allow the circumstance to discourage you. Don't allow the, 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 uh, um, the lack of growth in somebody that you're investing in discourage you. Look to Christ and how He responded. And Christ never quit. Can you, are we thankful tonight for a say never, ever quit? When I don't get excited about Him, He stays excited about me. Amen? When I don't use His grace to conquer temptation, He still keeps His grace there for me. Don't deserve it, but He keeps me equipped. That's God. That's Christ. Let us learn from Christ. Moses is still... Just don't know. But you can know tonight that the task at hand for you as a believer is a possible task because Christ... He's your rock, He's your shield, He's your strength, and He is the God of the grace that you need to carry on. So folks, be excited about the ministry. Be excited about God's calling on your life. Yes, there's discouragements, but folks, God loves, He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen? Let us keep loving the Lord tonight, no matter what. Because that's what Christ did 
for you and me. Let's stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. We're going to have a song of invitation. Tonight, I don't know if there's been something said throughout your week. Maybe there's something happened or circumstance change in your life that has brought encouragement to you. And you think, I just, it's getting really tough in this area of my life as a child of God. I just don't know if I can continue. I just, I just think maybe God's made a mistake of placing me here. Dear believer, understand, don't forget that obedience to God should bring you joy alone. And that we should remember that our identity is in the Lord, that His grace is sufficient. And let us go forward as God's people, being encouragement to one another. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight. I'm thankful that you stay faithful to us. And Lord, there may be someone discouraged tonight. I don't know. There may be someone here lost. They may feel in bondage. They may feel in despair. But help them to see that they can come to you with a heart crying out, confessing repentance and trusting Christ alone. And your Bible says that if we would repent and believe on Christ, we'll be born again. Help your discouraged child to come back in trusting you with their life and where you've placed them. Help them to keep leaning into you and trusting your sufficient grace. Help us, Father, to keep believing that the task at hand, the life before us, is a possible life, all because of you. In Christ's name, amen. As we sing.